little more than a year and a half later, I was now working for the top home builder in my valley. I became the number one realtor. And then I had all these royalties coming in. And I, I would look back on that experience for the rest of my life and say, what, what was the pivot? Because I pivoted my life so much right then. And I, it, was, it would have been so easy just to slide down into the misery because I was scared. I didn't have anybody. And it was the question, you know, being able to ask that tough question. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves the tough questions like, am I doing the best I can? Or am I taking the easy way out? And more importantly, we have to be honest enough to answer it, you know, honestly, like, no, I wasn't doing the best I could. And I think sometimes if we are willing to ask ourselves these questions and like almost be our own parent, magical things happen when you start to ask yourself, you know, those important questions and you can literally pivot your life. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we are back. Welcome to University of Adversity, everyone. This is your first time here. Welcome to the family. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. If you guys haven't already, please hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Or if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button as, as well. It really helps grow the show. So today's episode, we have a living legend joining us. <laughs> it was a real honor to sit down with him and his amazing wife. We have Mark Victor Hansen and his wife, Crystal Hansen, joining us. What a conversation. These two are just incredible human beings. And I really, really enjoyed talking with them. They got a brand new book out called Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. And we get into the, the, the what that even means, who you need to ask, what you need to ask for, and all of that. This, this episode was really focused on creating the life that you want, right? And it all starts with asking. But we got into Crystal's story. We got into Mark's story. Mark has sold so many books. It's insane. The guy has been around for a while. He's, he was a co-author of the best-selling series, Chicken Soup for the Soul with Jack Canfield. Jack was on the show not too long ago as well. But he's also had many other successful books as well. Um, he's had other books. Let me read out the list for you. He's got The One Minute Millionaire, Cracking the Millionaire Code, How to Make the Rest of Your Life the Best of Your Life, The Folk, the Power of Focus, The Aladdin Factor, and Dare to Win, in addition to the Chicken Soups for the Soul series. So that wasn't his only book, that series. I want you guys to know, like this guy has done a lot. And he's been in the personal development space for a long time, even before it was cool like it is now, right? And he's rubbed shoulders with some big names. He's been on Oprah. He's worked with Tony Robbins. He's amazing. And, you know, I can see why him and his amazing wife, Crystal, have come together and have such great energy and are doing so well because they're both on the same path together. And they get into their relationship, how they met, all that stuff. So I know you guys will enjoy this. But if you do, as always, please share it with a friend. If you can leave a review, let us know what you think and even hit them up. Hit up Marks. Tell him you heard uh, heard him on University of Adversity. Hit up Crystal. All their information will be in the show notes for you guys to check it out after. But uh, yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this conversation. All right, that's enough for me. Without further ado, Mark Victor and Crystal Hansen coming right up. And here we go. Mark, Crystal, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Lance. <laughs> so happy to be here with you. I'm Delightful. Happy. Awesome. I'm uh, grateful to be able to have this conversation with you. You both have incredible stories. What you're doing is awesome as well. Your, your new book, Ask the Bridge for Your Dreams to Your Destiny. Really excited to get into that. And yeah, perfect. Hold it up there for everybody to have a peek. Perfect. So before we get into kind of what you're doing with the book and all that great stuff, I would love to sort of just unpack the last six, seven months because a lot of us that are people that have been doing, you know, personal development and the journey for a long time, you know, a lot of people have had the tools to be able to apply them into their lives. And some people haven't. And you've really noticed it in the world in the last six, seven months, a lot of people operating out of fear, a lot of people not having the tools to get through this stuff. So it's been 
it's been very challenging. So I would love if you could walk us through your perspective on the last six, seven months and maybe give us some insight into what that's been like for you and maybe some challenges that came up that you weren't expecting and kind of walk us through the journey for a little bit for us. Right. So for us, I mean, the biggest thing that was happening for us is we were ready to release our book and suddenly, you know, the pandemic hit. So the book release date was April 28th. And so we had a meeting with our publisher because a lot of books were getting pushed back to the fall. And we all decided that, um, you know what, the world needs this book. And we were really happy that our publisher agreed. Let's move forward. This is a really important message, probably more important than ever right now. So we did that. And thankfully, there are so much podcasting going on that we feel really blessed that while well, all of our live events got canceled, you know, and we were looking forward to those because we love meeting live with people. Um, we've been able to connect with so many people over podcasting. So thank God for that. Generally, I think this, this situation has just um, caused so much fear in people because uncertainty is, is tough for all of us. I mean, we want to have certainty in our lives. We want to know what's next for us. And there's probably never been this much uncertainty ever for anyone. And so it's challenging all of us in some way, some more than others, like you were saying. But I think conversely, it's the time where, you know, we were able to, to slow down basically and stop and look at ourselves, kind of look in the mirror. And, um, you know, in our case with the book Ask, it's all about that self-reflective journey um, we say in the book, ask and we say, ask yourself, ask others and ask God. Well, this has been a great time to take that reflective journey and start asking yourself, you know, what, what's really important to you and where you see your life going. So, yeah. What better time for it to come out? I mean, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, everybody's, if anything, people need to ask, yeah. Like what questions do they ask? You know, it's like, it's, you got to really look yourself in the mirror and figure out, you know, what's important, you know, what, what is happening. And I think it, it gave us such a time to just quiet down. You know, people got to really just put all the other stuff aside for a bit and just kind of reflect. And what a great time to read books. Exactly. And what happens is our corporate symbol is a butterfly. We're saying, hey, look, you can't look at Caterpillar and predict cocoon or butterfly in the cocoon we've all been in now this eight months that you're talking about of yeah. sequestration or governmental lockdown. And it's caused a lot of problems. It's not only called a COVID problem. It's called a fear problem. It's a media problem. It's a, I have a job tomorrow problem because that's going crazy. And, and then is the economy going to crash problem? So what happens is it's the first time that what, what we've experienced, like Crystal just said to you, Lance, is that people are reading the books in droves. And then what we've discovered, thank God, is that, we say, hey, look, buddy up with somebody and go over every question in the book because every one of us during this lockdown has got to re-pivot, reinvent, reorient, reorganize ourselves to go onward because it looks like a lot of people in the airlines aren't going to have jobs tomorrow and a lot of people in the banks and all that kind of stuff is getting crushed. And what the danger is, is it lets the people crush the spirit. And what, when, when our publisher called us and said, hey, look, the bookstores aren't paying their bills, the books aren't going to go, we had... The, we had a seminar with 11,000 down in Florida and 15,000 in Washington, D.C., that we were going to sell one of these to everybody in the room. And the promoter calls them and said, look, I'm sorry, but I just lost $5 million. I'm not hiring you. I'm not paying you. And you're not coming because COVID <laughs> isn't happening. We're not. And, and so you either let it crush you down or it, grind, it either grinds you down or polishes you up. And we're saying, hey, look, if you'll ask these questions and re-sculpt yourself, you take adversity and turn it into advantage. You take disadvantage and turn it into enlightenment. And, and I understand there are people out there hanging on by their fingernails. We're going to talk about that because we wrote this book for one simple reason. Every time either of us went in a crisis, we said the only way out of the crisis is the unfoldment of asking the right questions to get the right answer and get a right direction toward the subtitle is toward your destiny. And we say everyone's got a spectacular destiny if they stay alive and find it. Yeah, you've got to really lean into it because that's going to be what teaches us what we need to know to get to the next level in our lives, right? And when we can accept that as part of it, either, you know, because there's good and bad things, it really depends on your perspective, right? The bad things are usually the things that teach you the most. So they're not really bad, right? It's kind of like <laughs> the adversity, the adversity. And that's why even with this show, University of Adversity, it's, 
it's, it's the greatest things that have happened to people over time has been from those challenges, the adversity. And you said it turns into your advantage. And well, when I went bankrupt in 1974, I, I lost $2 million in a day, and I'm going to that. But I'm sleeping in front of another guy's room for six months, and all of a sudden it comes to me. I said, what do I really want to do? Right? Ask yourself. And I said, well, I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that make a life-transforming difference. I'm in Hicksville, Long Island, New York. Sounds appropriate. And I go to my roommates and I say, hey, guys, do you know anyone that's young, that's not a lawyer, not a doctor, not a famous person, not a celebrity that's speaking and said, yeah, this kid's a few years older. Go hear him. Here's my ticket in real estate. This kid, Chip Collins, was wowing 500 people, mesmerized them. I go up to him afterwards and I ask him, I say, hey, can I take you to lunch, Chip, and you teach me how to do this business? He said, kid, you're not going to make it. One in a thousand, you're going to make it. I said, that's up to me to decide, sir. But just tell me how to do it. And he says, stay out of real estate because I own the five New York boroughs. And I'll teach you how to do it in life insurance, but you're still not going to make it. Well, he came back and I had more talks booked. I did Tony Robbins and I were talking once. We each did a thousand talks a year for the first three years of the business. Because I was either talking or selling talks. Because that's what, if you ask yourself, how do I take massive right action to get massive right result right now? Because it's not the economy, it's not the government, it's not the withhold, it's what is your self-decision to make a higher, better provision. You must have learned a lot from well, Tony and yourself. Must have, you must have grown together a lot. What was, what was it like working with him? And, and you, Because you probably worked with him for a, like a while ago too. And seeing him grow and seeing like both of you grow, I mean, that must have been pretty amazing. Tony is about a decade younger than me, so I, yeah. I, we're both doing the two biggest seminar so. companies and pioneering yeah. so a little bit different and we we're doing i'd written a book called one minute millionaire and we were having four thousand people a weekend and did 100 million a year and had 387 plays so we we're people thought wow. we were competitive there's no competition <laughs> in the universe tony had his audience i had mine but we did several talks together to giant groups and it was wonderful and we were friends i mean mm -hmm. we're still not competitors today i just you know the marketplace is eight billion people and what i'm saying is there's four billion that are not educated, not fed, not watered, not enlightened. And the beautiful thing about the beautiful time we're in right now is with podcasts that because of uh, Universal Translate, this, what we're doing today can be in Swahili, Hindi, Urdu in 10 seconds and 98% and accurate. So mm. everyone can get enlightened for the first time. I, I'm really curious because there's a lot of people that live in a very scarcity mindset versus abundance, right? And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up a little bit. But my my question is for both of you, in the work that you've done, how has that changed? Because I'm guessing like, I know that 90s into the 2000s, a lot of people were very like, I have to get my piece. And if I get mine or you get yours, I don't get mine. You know, there's that like, there's not enough for everybody. And I feel like now there's start to be more talk about, you know, um, working together. There's enough for everybody. And I'm just curious to see, like, have you noticed that change in the conversation over the years, like speaking to people and, and, and developing that versus like now, like the, the two different contrasts? Right. I, I mean, I think we both noticed that there is a, there's probably a greater spirit of understanding that cooperation versus just competition, because there's more than enough for everybody. But I think the most important thing is always being able to tap into your own resources. You don't mm. ever really have to feel competitive if you're doing a good job at tapping into your own resources. And for Mark and I, that's what we discovered through this asking process. Throughout our entire lives, we look back at every difficulty we've been through every time we felt hopeless because people look at both you know people like us and think it's always been easy right mm -hmm. you've never really had it tough it just kind of happened for you you're so lucky right but that's never the case and it's not the case with the other 26 people we interviewed for the book anyone who's massively successful or achieved any level of success in any area of their life whether relationships you know health and wellness career it's because they have asked themselves the right questions. And most of those people have gone through a fair amount of adversity mm. and challenge. And Mark and I both discovered that all those times in our lives when we felt stuck, um, distraught, even hopeless, what got us out of it was being able to sit down with ourselves and ask the right questions. And for me, that was like when I was very young, I was one of those kids who found high school to be really easy, right? So I graduated 
um, when I was 16 and, uh, you know, <laughs> married the first guy who came along. My boyfriend was five years older. Not a great plan. So like two and a half years later, I'm in a new city by myself, baby on my hip, divorced, and absolutely had no idea how I was going to support myself. And um, so I did the only thing I could think of. And I, so I applied for food stamps. And I remember standing there that day, getting ready to turn my food stamps over for groceries. And suddenly I had this crazy epiphany and it was, I swear it was like a light was shining down on me and a question dropped into my head. And first of all, the first question was, how did I get here? Followed by a second question that was, are you doing the best you can to get out of this? Or are you taking the easy way out? And I knew in that minute, Lance, the minute I asked myself that question, I knew the answer was no, I wasn't, I was taking the easy way out. I wasn't doing the best I could. I knew there was something inside of me that, that could do better. So I went home and I didn't have any answers, but I still had questions. So I just started asking myself all these questions. How can I earn money tomorrow? How can I, you know, find a way for myself and my little boy to move forward? And I'd heard about temporary service agencies. So I called this, you know, Kelly services and went through the application process and they would call every day and like give you another opportunity to work at different jobs. And you'd say yes or no. And I started doing some work for them, and, and then I discovered there were other temp service agencies, so I thought, well, I might as well register for all of them, because then I'll get a better choice of jobs. And I started working at, like, for, you know, law firms filling in and doing sales at conventions, and all these different random jobs, but I started learning so much about myself. And I learned that, you know, I was pretty good at business, and especially sales, and that I really love people. I love working with people. So then... I made enough money to put myself through real estate school. And uh, in the meantime, someone had approached me and said, you should do some modeling. So I, I went to the top agency in my city and asked them if they would sign me. And they did, miraculously. So I, did, I ended up doing some television commercials that went national, and I started getting paid royal residuals is what they're called. So when you make enough money in residuals, they, they, you have to join Screen Actors Guild the union and you get all these amazing benefits. So literally like a little more than a year and a half from that time, I was like getting eviction notices every month, crying my head off in every night and, you know, turning those food stamps over for groceries. A little more than a year and a half later, I was now working for the top home builder in my Valley. I became the number one realtor. And then I had all these royalties coming in and I, I would look back on that experience for the rest of my life and say, what, what was the pivot? Cause I pivoted my life so much right then. And I, it was, it would have been so easy just to slide down into the misery cause I was scared. I didn't have anybody. And it was the question, you know, being able to ask that tough question. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves the tough questions. Like, am I doing the best I can or am I taking the easy way out? And more importantly, we have to be honest enough, to answer it, you know, honestly, like, no, I wasn't doing the best I could. And I think sometimes if we are willing to ask ourselves these questions and like almost be our own parent, magical things happen when you start to ask yourself, you know, those important questions and you can literally pivot your life. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to look in the dark places to get those answers, the places that you don't want to ask Right. The things like face those things. What are some of the practical steps though? So was it, did you, let's say somebody's struggling and they want to ask the questions. What did you do like a journaling practice where you was journaling part of it? Was there a meditation? Walk us through a little bit of like the practical steps that you did that somebody could take and do today in their lives. Right. And I was so young at the time. I just grabbed a random notebook and started writing, but I realized if I wrote things down, it became more real. You know, so I've always been, you know, good at writing things down. And now Mark and I have developed that to a practice. You know, I'm, I'm a transformational life coach, clinical hypnotherapist. I'm also certified in meditation instruction now. So I've really taken a deep dive into that world because of my own problems. Mm. I mean, I, I went down this journey because I knew there had to be more answers for me. I knew there had to be a better way to process life. So I kept learning and discovering, and I'm so thankful for that journey, but we all have that available to us. So what Mark and I do every day is spend an hour, the first hour of our day, we get up early and sit down and have like this hour of prayer, meditation, and question asking, because we all, we want to make sure that we're, you know, revectoring every day, asking mm -hmm. questions again and again, so that we're like, are we on target? 
you know, is, what is our greatest priority? Are we lining up our priorities every day with our activities and all these other questions that you can ask yourself? But that is so important for all of us. And, and what we realize is so few people spend time with themselves. And it's a tragedy because you, you are your best resource. We say, ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. You asking yourself, you connecting to others through those questions. Just like Mark, he started asking himself, like, what do I want to do? He tried to be something he wasn't supposed to be, and it didn't work out. So he started asking himself. When he discovered that, he started asking other people, well, how can I do this? Do you do this? How do you do it? You know, we start to use other people as a resource. And then, you know, checking in with God. Is this my greatest purpose? What did, what did you make me for? I mean, the creator of the universe, you were made for so much more than you think you were that when you start asking God, you automatically, those answers are waiting for you. You just need to ask and then live in awareness because the answers are going to come to you. But be prepared to write them down and be deliberate about spending that time like we do with yourself or with, you know, a partner writing things down, you know, meditating, taking really deliberate time to do it. Yeah. Meditation journaling has been so big. Something that I used to think was silly and I've, I've applied it in my own life and it's completely changed it, you know, like, but that's the thing, you know, I was, uh, over too much on the other side where, you know, the athlete too cool for doing that stuff. And it's funny how when you really explore that stuff, and you start to be, you become more of a well-rounded human and it actually makes you better in all your areas in life. You know, when we think we need to focus all on this one thing, when you do things like meditation and, and, and journaling and these other practices, it actually allows you to focus more on, you know, your thing or your business or whatever. That's what a lot of people don't understand. And I noticed it in my own life, just the way I look at life, you know, practicing gratitude and practicing, like really practicing it. And, and feeling it and doing it consistently and, and just seeing how things unfold is you can't really explain it until you do it. And pe- then people go, ah, I get it, right? So it's really, it's interesting. Mark, I got a question for you. Sure. Why did you choose entrepreneurship in the first place? And because I've, I've heard you talk about, I, I like that the quote you said, problem solver for a profit. And I, I love that. Why did you, and what was your biggest achievement that you had over the years and what did you learn from it? Okay, I will do that. When I'm nine years old, my parents are Danish immigrants and dad couldn't come to America at first and he's 14 years old and and, uh, he was trading in the baker when he got here and didn't speak English and he had to go to Canada and he did the railroads and cooked for all the guys in the railroads and the first people he ever met because there was no English as a second language, ESL, were black guys that spoke Danish and, and Denmark has a little island down the Caribbean and he, he'd never seen a black person before. Everybody he saw was blonde-haired, right? Mm. It was sort of great. But Dad was a baker, owned a bakery in Waukegan, Illinois, which is where I grew up and was born, and, and wanted all the brothers to take over the bakery because I've only got brothers. And, and the trouble was is that he didn't make any money. At five cents a roll, you don't make any money. And I wanted a bicycle. I want today, and today, like a Trek bicycle is $4,000. That's what I wanted, right? I mean, I had a picture on the wall, ride a wheel on Sheffield Steel. And I dreamt about it. And I kept beating him. And he said, you're 21. You never dream." I said, no, no, I'm nine. <laughs> Finally, I got him. I said, look, I read Boy Scout Life magazine. It said you can crawl and sell greeting cards on consignment. That means they give them to you. You send in the order and you take half. They get half. Is the way that one worked. I went up to all the neighbors and I said, I'm earning my own bicycle. Would you like to box one box Christmas cards or two? Almost all of them took two. I told 376 boxes, made $376. Dad wisely took half that money and said, that's your college fund, kid. And the rest you can have to pay for your own clothes because I don't have any more money. So, And I thought, wow. I didn't like it at the time, but he taught me work ethic. He taught me free enterprise. The more enterprising you are, the freer you are. He taught me, because my mother taught me how to sell because she was a great saleswoman at the front of the bakery, taught me how to smile at everybody, ask for the order. And if they rejected it, say, oh, thank you very much. If you change your mind, just call me. You know, and he didn't know who I was anyhow, but it didn't matter. But 30 years later, that same company comes up to me and say, we want you to do chicken soup with this old greeting card. So American greeting card, we did it. I wrote all of them, Jack edited them, and we sold 897,000 boxes a month at grocery stores. I mean, it's a mind blower how the karma of life comes back. So that's what you're talking about. 
with abundance. So you want to be nice to everyone you meet because you never know who's going to show up a second time. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I had Jack, Jack Canfield on the show and he was telling me, you know, the process of a chicken soup for the soul. And what was the, how much of a challenge was that? I mean, that, did you, how, you must have learned a ton from that experience. Well, we did. And we learned a ton from each other. I mean, Jack, yeah. is, he, may, he probably wouldn't tell you because he's humble about it, but he graduated third in his class at Harvard. So he's no mental lightweight. He is, oh, I didn't he is know a that. genius by himself, but he is more or less the inside guy. The guy who took the rejection of the two of us was me because I'm the outside salesman since I was nine years old. And I, I love Jack. So this doesn't take anything from him, but he said, are you sure we're going to really sell all these? I said, I'm positive. Just stay, let me do this. I'll handle rejection. And, and in the interviews in this, we interviewed 26 people, yeah. the world's best filmmaker with 50 Academy Awards, Peter Goober, and the guy who owns the Golden State Warriors and the Dodgers said to me, Mark, you're so dyslexic. You think no means on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'm not dyslexic at all, but Peter is our dear, dear friend and, and is great. And everyone's got to read those stories because Mm. Crystal will tell you stories are a metaphor and, and we can live in metaphors and it'll transform your life and thinking. And especially now that we're in this cocoon, you know, called lockdown. Yeah. Well, entrepreneurship and everything in general has changed a lot over the years, right? I mean, to get into entrepreneurship and even writing back then, it must have been so much, it must have been such a, such a big thing to go after. Like, was there a lot of people saying you're crazy? Because now it's easier, it's easier to write books, right? Like it's, there's not easier, but like, there's more people writing. There's, you know, there's audio books now, like crazy, like there's podcasts, you know, you can transcribe into a book. But back then, you know, even being an entrepreneur, it was different than now. You, you know, there was a lot of, lot of differences you didn't have the internet as connected social media and you must have had to really take a risk right it, and that's why we got turned down 144 times but what transformed <laughs> it was when we were publishing and, and uh, went to the book expo because everybody turned us down so jack and i carried three ring binders on our back i don't know if we told you we went to aba american book expo and we're going to sell it in three so days good. it was may 17th to may 20th i mean this is something that's vivid in your head Right. And, and, and uh, we're still turned on. But what transformed it was desktop publishing. So we went from eight houses, big houses, to suddenly have publishers that I can name, like Manama, that you'd never heard of, or like the one we were with, HCI, Health Communication. They didn't exist. So we went from little to all of a sudden there's 60,000 people. And, and now today we have, even under COVID, there's 750,000 people write a book. So yeah, everybody should write a book. And I wrote a book called You Have a Book in You. Everyone needs needs to do that. Everyone needs to grow. Everyone needs to define themselves and everyone needs to, you know, contribute back with their good ideation. Yeah. Writing a book is something that is on my radar. I just, I guess it's getting started, you know, like what's the best way? Do you go and like, do you get it? Do you get it published? Like, how does it even work if somebody says, okay, I have an idea. Now I want to write a book. What does somebody do? What are the first steps? Right. He, well, he just did a whole course on it. <laughs> oh, did you? Okay, <laughs> well. A lot of steps. He's, he's launching yeah. a course called You Have a Book in You because it, it's not as simple as, it, as you think. You know, yeah. there are a lot of little things that make a gigantic difference mm. and will, could cause you to give up, you know, if you don't understand some of those things. So he's like, I'm determined to get this really specific course done. And it's a beautiful course and he's launching it soon. So awesome. Um, you might want to have him back on and just, and yeah. talk about that and it's out again the, the course will be ready you have a book in, you. in about yeah less than a month but i think it's such a great course for people i'm just so impressed with it that's such a good idea because a lot of people are wanting to do that what a what a time to have a course like that isn't it great yeah yeah we think everyone's got a book in them and everyone's got value everyone's got important if you and you when you start to do it it's what you're signing the back says trust the universe and what we said in our book is when you learn to ask to find your destiny universe conspires to manifest it like right now you're saying hey i want to write a book and all of a sudden you're with world's best-selling author I sold a yeah. half and i've written more than jack i've got 312 books i know out. it's your resume is crazy man like it's a, it's awesome <laughs> yeah. like, it's i know so i remember i i think <laughs> you're gonna do something do it massively right and <laughs> the, the, in sports i mean you know i don't know what sport you're out i'm gonna assume it's hockey yeah you're canadian 
Am I correct? Yeah, yes. I played my so, whole life, yeah. Well, we so love awesome. hockey. We just got done watching uh, the movie, the Disney, two movies on hockey. Anyway, but we'll stay on it. it. I know Michael Jordan, what did he do? He, they wouldn't let him play in high school, so he ultimately, you know, trained 18 hours a day and started jumping from middle court. So he had massive success. Same with LeBron James and same with, you know, Kobe, who we met. So the, the point is, is that it doesn't matter what zone you're in. You've got to be monomaniacal for a while to get going and get good at it. Mm. Well, and people don't realize, I wanted to say, because Mark's known for Chicken Soup for the Soul because they've sold 500 million books, but he has other like million, multi-million bestsellers, like his One Minute Millionaire series, yeah. you know? So he didn't just do it that one time with Jack. He's done it again and again. And then he wrote a book called The Aladdin Factor that's still over 3 million copies. Switch. I mean, oh, yeah. Huh. I mean, just a lot of, a lot of really successful, um, yeah. Yeah, and one was going to be a movie, wasn't it? Sorry, sir. One was going to be a movie, wasn't it? it, it they movie. are going to be a movie. Oh. The point I'm making is everybody needs to write a book because as they write, they read more, think more, live more, fulfill their function, and they help more people. And right now we have 4 million people that can't read, that don't have water, don't have food, and this will all expand as, as we get more of us literate. I mean, there's never been more people literate, but we got to get 100% of humanity literate and fully functioning, and reading is freedom. Mm. Right. Yeah, I notice a difference in my day. R reading has been something that challenges me. That is one thing that I don't know what it is. My whole life, it's been committing to reading a certain amount each day. I have resistance to it, and I don't know why. But whenever I do, whenever I do, I feel so much more focused for the day. You know, when I put my head and I've I've done it for thirty minutes, and it's just been one of those things. I've never been the best reader. I've had to read things over and over again. I don't know, maybe my mind's working too fast. So I, I've, I've gravitated towards audiobooks too because you can, you know, kind of do things while you're on the go and working out and you can kind of, um, but yeah, they're, they're amazing. You can learn so much. You can have somebody's life, all the stuff that they've worked for, you know, condensed into this, this book that you can learn about. And there's really so much, there's, you can learn everything. Like there's so much stuff out there. You can, right? you can really self-educate. And I think for people right now, I mean, people are afraid to ask for what they want in life, you know, and that's why Mark and I wrote this book because we actually found that there were seven roadblocks to asking. Like people actually have a sense of unworthiness when they think about what they want in life, what they really want to do. You know, do I want to be an author or whatever? They're actually afraid to ask for what they want. And we're just saying to people, you know, get in touch with your roadblocks because it's important to recognize them and then get over them. And we, we talk, we give stories in the book about all the seven roadblocks and and how they unfold and it's so funny when people come to us they're like that's me i do that exactly you know whether it's unworthiness or fear or pattern paralysis all of these things that keep prevent us from asking for what we want in life or what we deserve in life or what's actually waiting for us if we would just take this asking journey and follow it forward I want to ask you a question about that as well, Crystal, is that you study epigenetics and quantum physics, right? And, all, and, and, and help people with that, that realm. How has that been? Well, first of all, how long have you been studying it? And how has that helped you in helping other people? Because I know for me, all learning about manifesting and learning about, you know, the stuff that we're talking about, asking and, and receiving and all that, I didn't believe it until I started to learn about quantum physics. Until I started to understand the energy of the human being itself. And, you know, because, you know, the movies like The Secret and those kind of things, you, you see them in theory, but then you're like, well, how does that actually work? But when you start to learn about, um, you know, quantum physics, you know, Bruce Lipton or Dr. Joe Dispenza, and you start to really understand, oh, when I sit in meditation, this happens to this happens in my brain or when I'm grateful or when I'm looking at, when I'm at that high vibration, you're at a better chance to manifest. So I guess the long question to this is, you know, how has that helped you in your journey and how has that helped for you at like helping other people? Right. So the beautiful thing about all those things you just talked about, Lance, is they help you realize that you have this tremendously huge creative role in what you're getting in life. So while it appears that, you know, life is kind of happening out there somewhere and it's kind of coming at you and you're sort of ducking and dodging and trying to keep the balls up in the air, that's not the reality. 
the reality is you truly are creating your life experience. What you experience as life every day is being created from the inside out. And, you know, science backs it up now. Quantum physics proves that. Epigenetics, all those things. Everything we're expressing, even in our health and wellness, okay, in our attitudes, um, everything in our state of mind every day, it's really being generated from the, from the inside out. So that, you know, gives us cause to say, okay, well, what, what am I generating and how did I get to this point, right? All, all these questions. And we have so many great questions in the book that really start to take you on that path of discovery. You know, you want to say, how did I get here? How did I get to these beliefs? What's real? What's the truth about what I'm expressing? you know because a lot of what's happened is life has happened to us randomly and so we've taken in a lot from the outside from our experiences a lot of negativity we tend to store um, negative emotions and those emotions tend to have uh, a lot of power into creating permanent memories and they don't just create permanent memories in our brain they create it throughout our entire bodies so some of the pain we carry some of the illness we carry is all this residue that we're carrying so once we get to this point where we go you know what, I can create the reality I want. And we start asking ourselves the questions, you know, and challenging our reality from the past and saying, no, this is what I want. Um, I take my clients to this place that I call the zero point where you get to like neutralize everything in the past. You don't have to let that dictate your future. So you can come to the zero point and say, now it's my turn to deliberately create everything I want to be. The state of... I want of mind and, and emotions that I want to be experiencing every day, um, the you know robust creative life that I want to live every day, and that's when life truly becomes magical. and And I really want people to understand this. It's not just here for me or for Lance or for Mark. It's here for you. It's here for you. You just have to take the journey with us. You know, start asking yourself the questions, and then really pay attention to the answers. Love that. What about relationships? What's your key to a solid relationship? And especially, you know, when you're spending so much time together because of this pandemic, everybody's challenged. Everyone's like, I'm not used to seeing you this much. What's going on here, right? What do you see as being like the key to a healthy relationship? And I didn't even ask, but how did you two meet? Maybe walk us through that and, you know, how, how it's evolved into like the healthy relationship that it is. I'll do the first part and then she can do the second part. So I'm doing a seminar called Author 101. Her mother had sent, us there, sent her there. I've been divorced for a while. I see this lady that just has a whole low of glow, and she's just so joyous. I, I ask her on find out she's divorced, thank God. That night at, at the VIP session, I got throngs of people surrounding me, but she's over in the corner, and some lady inadvertently hits a glass of red wine over her white pants and wipes it out. I push away the crowds and I say, I know exactly where the club soda is. Can I take you? And, and we get outside. Long story short, I say, can I take you to dinner? It's 930. It's a Saturday night, but I can't stay here because there's a thousand people that want to talk to me and it won't work. You know, we won't get any time. So we go to the best Hollywood restaurant in a long, in a long, long line. I go, this isn't going to happen. So I thought a hundred dollar bill won't help here. So we walk up and a guy sees her, gorgeous plucrotrudeness just emanating out of the countenance of her being says okay i give up who is she now remember i'm a salesman who knows how to ask and i said you don't recognize her now his mind is on steroids <laughs> people magazine and in style and vogue and he's gone oh. you can just see his brain going at, at, at warp speed and he says okay i don't recognize who is she now, I'm, remember, we're both Danish, so I'm goofing. And I said, yeah, I'm messing around. I said, she's a queen of Denmark. He recoils and says, she is not. And then all of a sudden he said, oh, my God, she is. Who are you? Back to questions. I said, who travels with the queen? <laughs> 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 and that fast, we had a table. Now you want to do the second part. No, it was just so funny because we were just in the silliest mood. And Mark just randomly goes, she's the queen of Denmark. You know what I'm saying? Suddenly we realized, like, it was a joke, but they believed it. So we're like getting hustled back to the back of the restaurant. We're like, might as well enjoy this. But we just started talking and it was like, we just known each other forever. And, um, you know, so 
then we ended up dating and you know the rest is history but um how about the guy sitting next to us at mother's well i was just going to say in terms of relationships and being at home with each other um so for mark and i it's funny because we work together so much already we're, we're so used to that and we just have sort of this crazy uh, ability to flow together you know we each have our we work out of our home we each have an office in our home and so we were used to working from our home we love that we used to have a gigantic office building we sold that we were so it's just been so wonderful to work at home because we don't need the warehouses anymore everything comes from amazon and uh yeah so we we were kind of used to this um but I think it is unique because most couples don't spend as much time together as we do. And we travel the entire world together. And, you know, we feel very grateful that we just sort of wake up every day wanting the same thing. We want the day to be, you know, creative and dynamic and smooth. And we don't, we don't focus on the little things, you know, um, we don't get hung up on the little things, put it that way. We try mm -hmm. to, we, we just have so many bigger things I think that we're trying to think about. And I think that that's one thing that can help all couples is really just looking at your focus every day, you know, trying to focus on something bigger than little petty things. Um, if you have a common focus together, which we always have a number of things that are, that are bigger than us that, that we want to accomplish in this life. And if you do that as a couple, you tend to, to rise above the pettiness a lot more easily. Yeah. And sometimes if we're irritated, you know, there's every once in a while, it just, you know, everybody needs their, their time alone. And just be mm -hmm. like, I'm going to go have some girl time. I'm going to do some shopping therapy or something or be with yeah. my girlfriends or, you know, and you just need that. You just need to respect each other's need for that. Yeah, it's super important. I was in a relationship where we were just not aligned. I was on a journey of, you know, self-discovery with all the stuff that we're talking about and she wasn't. And I found it was very challenging and you have to have somebody that's, you don't have to have the exact same lives, but you got to have somebody that's kind of going on the same path. Like, you know, and it's not like it's their fault. It's just like, well, sometimes we're all at different places. And I found that to be challenging is kind of understanding, Oh, wait a minute. This isn't, we're not, you know, and, and it's to identify that. And I, I think finding somebody like what you guys have is such a beautiful thing, being able to work on that because it becomes that much stronger with two people, right? And having that, you know, that energy and even like a book, it's like there's just that extra force that you have rather than it just doing it solo. It does. And you need to, it's important to sit down and we, Mark talks about this in the book is asking yourself, what do I really want? Because we have a section in the book on relationships, asking in relationships to find the best relationships, asking to find the best health and wellness, um, asking to find your spiritual purpose, and of course, asking for your business and career. And he talks about that. I mean, it, it was very deliberate, especially on his part, on my part too, but, you know, asking ahead of time and getting those answers from yourself, from God, from the universe saying, what do I want? This is what I really want in a partner. And then writing it down and putting it out there. And I'll let you so finish that. Because of where I think I hear you say you are, I went through a very painful divorce. And so I wrote down 267 impossible things that my <laughs> perfect other ideal person would have to have. We'd have to have exactly the same value, the characteristics, the values, uh, the attributes, the virtues, and the value, and all that. So, but we had to have the exact same values. We spiritually had to be in alignment. We, she had to be a great reader. She had to be a great dresser. She had to be, you know, lovely at least to my eyes, if not the world's eyes. We had to think alike. We had to both own our own businesses because I don't want somebody marrying me for my wallet. That's not acceptable. And and I never told her until after we got married. I showed her the list, and she was two sixty seven <laughs> out of two six seven. And when I say write a goal, I say never cross out, like I got the milk, I got the egg, I got the butter, write down victory in purple, God's highest color. And she was all that. And, and so what happens is if, if, if the goal is to have a, a, your soulmate, which is what I thought it was, what happens is we discovered that like when you put two lit candles together, the flame jumps energetically four to eight times more. We have actually a twin flame relationship, which is the highest relationship. We can finish each other's conversations. We're in alignment. <laughs> If, if she's stuck in a writing place, I can tell. And like in, in our book, she had written this profound prologue, which you've listened to called The Fable of Michaela. You've mm -hmm. listened to that, right? Yeah, yeah. And she said, well, we'll put it in four parts of the book. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to, and now we're being told we're gonna, we've are gonna we got a longest prologue, 40 pages in the front of a book. Because I say, if you're going to write a book, you've got to be unique. 
it's got to be transformational to the reader and inevitable that they're going to want to help get other people to read it. And, and so, and, and business, those same three principles. Well, she wrote this prologue that was so magnificent. People have said, I've read that two or three times. It's changed my life. That's I can't amazing. believe it. If I couldn't read the rest of the book, it's okay. I said, that's okay. <laughs> mm. yeah. Rewarding experience for you getting, doing that, I bet. Yeah, it was amazing. And it's, it was so magical when I wrote The Fable of Michaela. And I felt like it almost, as I started writing, it just flowed out so easily. It's almost like I felt mm. Michaela existed somewhere, you know, and it just, we have gotten more amazing feedback from that, Lance. And I'm, it's so heartwarming because people have said, literally what Mark said, like, I read this and I couldn't, I stayed up and I woke my wife up and we read it together and we cried. And then I read it to my daughter and, you know, and, and it's written with the intent that it really is every woman and every man's story. And, you know, Michaela starts out, if you remember, she's hauling rocks. She's basically an indentured servant at a stone quarry. And she's like, hauling rocks in her cart every day. And that's how a lot of people feel. They feel that life is that heavy, that every day it's just about moving rocks to another place, right? And then she goes home to, she's lost everything. So she's lost all hope. She lost both of her parents. They died within a short um, time period of each other. And then her home was taken away from her by the bill collectors from her mother's medical bills. So she's living, she's sleeping in a grove of trees and she falls into this, you know, exhausted sleep one night and the being comes and he takes her on this beautiful journey and shows her this sparkling destiny bridge. And he reveals this to her and he says, Michaela, just remember, you know, you know, you need to keep asking and never stop asking. And then she wakes up the next morning and from that moment forward, her life begins to change and the questions start coming into her mind she starts wondering about everyone around her. She, she stopped being curious. You know, that's part of our problem as human beings. We get so stuck in our own misery. We stop wondering what is around us. We stop asking, what is that about? Hmm, I wonder about this. All these beautiful questions that are inside of us that make us human beings, all these beautiful questions that we were born with as children, if you think about it, Lance, we come into this world wanting to know everything. We want to know who, what, when, where, why, how, right? As children, we're endlessly curious. Yeah. And we want to ask for more, more, more. Yeah. Right? And that's beautiful. That's a human being. That's a that's a pure, uncorrupted human being being stabbed in the spirit and wanting to come to life. Mm. <laughs> and then over time, we get shut down. That yeah. that ability to ask gets crushed out of us. And that's what Mark and I knew we needed to wake up in every single person again. We want that to come alive in you again. If you're listening to this, let it come alive and you will see that your life will come back in the most magical way you've ever known. That's such a great point because we are, as kids, there's just all, we're just little creators. Well, we still are, but we somehow along the way, you know, our teacher or somebody shoots us down for thinking these huge dreams. And then we believe, then we go on to thinking it's not possible. And then we just hang around with people that, you know, do sort of the same thing. And then you realize you're like, oh, well, it's not the normal thing. Like you can't do that because it's not the normal way to live or go into this because it'll make money. And it's, it's, it's really sad how the world is like that and how we have that, that ability as, as kids to really, create and to be curious. And you're right. I think people need to be more curious all the time. And like, I love how you guys, it's called ask because it's so true. Like you got to ask those questions. You got to really, even with what's going on in the world, like you got to ask, like what is actually happening? You know, like what, like we really need to think outside of the box in all areas. And I think as kids, we are told to just stop that, stay in your place and don't be curious. And I just love how, how that's coming into more fruition as people, you know, having that and, and showing people that it's okay to think. It's okay to like ask these questions and to, you know, because that's the only way you're going to create anything else in your life. That's right. That's right. Because every question you ask, like you get, a, you ask a question, you get an illumination, you, you ask another question suddenly a solution comes to you. You yeah. ask another question, a plan starts to form. You ask something of someone or you wonder and you say, you, you suddenly wonder about someone you would have passed by on the street and that person 
becomes the greatest partner you've ever had because you asked who they are. You wondered and you asked. And so it's like just opening up the world in a way that you never, ever have. And it, it is really a beautiful thing. I love it. Where can we find you? Where's the best place to learn more about both of you? Like, and obviously to get your book, but is there anything else that we can send people and put in the show notes for them to check you out? Show notes. Um, uh, my website is crystalvisionlife.com and there's a great resource there. It's called Purge Messy Thinking. So it's, a, it's an audio guided visualization audio that's really helpful to get rid of some of that messy thinking that we're talking about, purging that junk from the past. And I'm markvictorhanson.com and, and uh, we got a free couple of resources there, but you get the book Ask at Amazon, Ask, yes. The Bridge from Your Dreams, Your Destiny. And once you got it, we want you to go to askthebookclub.com and it's a free, we want everyone to learn how to be master askers. We ask you, first of all, get you and buddy up with somebody else, mastermind, go through every question in the book, but then come to this and we're going to, on a regular basis, have our, our askthebookclub.com meet and we're going to take you to new levels of asking so you illuminate yourself and, and get everything you were meant to get as you charge forth toward your destiny, which everyone has a greater destiny than they're exploring probably right now. Mm, become a master asker. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you two coming on. This was a lot of fun. You guys are awesome. And I love what you're doing. You have such great personalities. They, you know, they, they work really well. And I really had fun chatting with you too. Well, we enjoyed it too, Lance. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. And I just always end with the same last question and I, one of you can take it. It's up to you. Out of all the challenges and adversity in your life, what is one lesson that adversity has taught you? Let's see, well, that's such a good question. What is one lesson that adversity has taught me? That, that life is never over. Yeah, there's always a new beginning, truly. There's always a new beginning. You're not, as much as we feel like, oh, this is so bad. I feel like I'm going to die. Life is not over. There's always another beginning. And maybe it's the best beginning you've ever had. And it sort of goes like the most important last line in Genesis, which what you meant for my harm, God meant for my good. That's what adversity, there's always some silver lining in adversity. And, and we usually can't see it. Love it. And all you got to do is ask, right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. All the information to check out Mark and Crystal out are in the show notes. They're doing some great stuff. Mark is just a man that just keeps on adding value to the world and his books, what he's doing, and the message that him and Crystal have brought together is, is pretty powerful. So go get the book, Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny, and go check out their websites all in the show notes. And if you can, please leave us a review on Apple or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If it's on YouTube, hit the subscribe button as well. And I really, really appreciate all of you guys. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time.